0: Welcome to Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. We're here to help you take your health, fitness, and mindset to the next level. It's time to level up. Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. Today, we are talking about unlocking your full potential in the gym with a growth mindset. Yeah, so having
1: a growth mindset in life and in general is so integral to you being able to grow as a person. But when it comes to training and making progress in the gym or potentially working with a coach or a mentor um, and adopting their ways of doing things,
0: it just becomes so much more important. It really does. And, you know, naturally as humans, we want to feel like we do know it all and we don't want to get caught off guard and all of that. But that really does limit us with our growth in all areas of life. So it's quite humbling to be able to get into a mindset of, hey, I don't actually know everything. Maybe I'll reach out for help, particularly if you've hit a plateau in your training Um, because we don't know what we don't know. If you see someone else getting awesome results with their clients or with themselves, you know, put it behind you. Maybe your methods don't work anymore, and just have an open mindset to ask questions and learn from someone else.
1: Yeah, I love that saying. You don't know what you don't know. Mm. Like when you think about it, every single person on this planet has a belief system and biases. It's it what's it's what makes us different. Mm. Like the way I train is different to the way you train, Danny, and vice mm. versa. Like everyone's going to be so unique but it takes a growth mindset to be able to understand that we all have a different lens as well and it's not necessarily that someone's better or worse or right or wrong, it's just that we all have different experiences and ways of doing things, right? And we've mm. gone through beliefs ourselves that we've changed a lot on. Like, you know, I've spoken about how I used to do keto and we're a waist trainer and, mm. you know, do box squats, squats for bloody hypertrophy and all the mm. things um, and we've changed the way, like changed our practices along the way, right? Because we've yep. learned we've had a growth mindset and we've challenged our own beliefs. What yes. we often see in the fitness industry, in the coaching space and just in people in general, we get so fixed on the way in which we do things that we think it's the only way, the only recipe, the, the best thing to do. And it's such a trap. It's going to limit potential.
0: Exactly right. Now it's all good and well having a method that works for you and you're very passionate about it and you want to tell the whole world about it. But again, that puts a ceiling on our potential and it it puts a box around everything. So it's nice to be able to try different methods, just be open rather than, you know, shutting someone else down because their view is the opposite at least give it a go. There's a lot of noise on social media and a lot of passionate people, which is great, but it can get a little bit hostile just because that passion turns into, you know, people's egos being protected. And as soon as someone challenges that, they kind of get a bit like, oh, like, this is what I've done my whole life. Like, so Mm -hmm. I can understand why people sort of get upset if um, someone goes against their method. But you know what, everyone is so different. And as you said, along the way, you and I have changed our methods. It served us a purpose at the time. But as we've grown, and as Mm -hmm. our goals have changed, so have our methods. And that's Mm so fine. Like, how good is it learning? It's there's unlimited information in the whole world. Like why would you just stay in a little box and you know just do the same thing forever? That's so boring.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The most intelligent people in the world always say it depends right, there used to be a, an, an answer to a question that used to frustrate me. Like, I'd be like I remember it actually. Yeah. like, just tell me the answer. And as I've matured and become more wiser, I'm like, oh, people say it depends because it really does depend, right, yes. on a lot of different variables. So when people do certain exercises or methods or eat certain foods or whatever, it depends for them. Like maybe it's mm. right for them, you know, and whenever um, someone says you should or shouldn't, you shouldn't eat that. You shouldn't do that exercise. You shouldn't go to the gym. You shouldn't lift weights. Whenever people say should or shouldn't, it's their own bias, right? Yes. And I look out for that in language when people say, to me, oh, you shouldn't post that. You shouldn't say that. Like, Or you should do this. I mm. immediately in my brain go, that's their bias and that's okay. It, it means I get a choice of whether I listen to that or not. The difference mm. is when we're going to someone for help in particular, we're, we're asking for someone's advice, right? We're asking them. We're, we're asking for the biased. So what you're saying, Danny, is like you see a lot of people asking for biases or helps but then go, oh, no, that's stupid. That's wrong.
0: You shouldn't mm. do that. And mm. you, it's
1: like the, the, the person on the other side, right, like a really wise person will go, that's okay. Like, you sort of take it or leave it. That's totally fine because fighting fire with fire is never the right way um, Mm. towards anything. But Mm. for you yourself, it's almost about being able to zoom out and being like, if I want to learn from the best and if I want to be my best, I need to go through a lot of experiences and a lot of different biases and a lot of different methods to figure out my own method, the thing that works best for me, right, because it's going to be so individualised.
0: I love that. I love that. Now, you and I, I know, and a lot of the coaches, I'm sure, we have a client that reaches out for help because, you know, that's why they reach out and, you know, I've tried everything or I really love doing this this way but I keep injuring myself or I'm not losing weight or whatever. And you, you do the call with them or the sign-up process. Yep, I'll do anything ready. Okay, you give them your program that's worked for so many people. And then they just want to change everything and go back to the way that didn't serve them. And then all of a sudden it's our program that's the problem. And it's like, well, no, you can't expect to get a different result by going back to the way that you've always done. Now, you and I can step back and zoom out, as you said, and understand, okay, that's their comfort zone. They love doing this kind of training. However, it has not worked for them. So as a coach, we need to tell them, hey, like, Here are the reasons why that style isn't working for your current goal. And this is what we need to do to change it. Um, So it's kind of a public service announcement. If you are reaching out for coaching, like expect something to change. Because if you were happy and getting awesome results, you wouldn't need to change anything. So you wouldn't reach out. But Mm. if you reach out to a coach, be coachable. Like we don't have to overhaul everything straight away, but at least be open to their ways Mm. because I feel like a lot of people reach out just to say they've reached out and then to blame that person for why they're not getting results. Oh, Mm. no, I tried their way. It just doesn't work. Well, did you actually try it, or did you just expect to be super sweaty after every single workout and do five thousand exercises?
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely. It's that, that white belt hard. mentality, right? Yeah, it's really vulnerable work to say I need help and I don't know. Yeah, and this is why most people don't, to be honest, because mm. we have these fiercely dependent parts in us. And I speak from free and true experience, <laughs> right? I've probably you, you guys have probably heard it on the podcast, you know. Absolutely. So it's just about recognizing that you can do it all on your own doesn't necessarily mean you should, right? You're going to go a longer route to get there because you've only got your one biased. Mm. It's like a book, right? Like I see uh, books as mentors. Are you going to read one book and just live your life off the philosophies in that book?
0: No way. True.
1: Like, how disadvantaged would you be if, like, the only concept of habits you have was James Clear? Like, it's mm. really important that you practice things, you hear other ways, you develop your own lens, you have a whole toolbox, a whole resource kit, a whole community, a whole network of mm. um, resources. Because I can understand when you've done something a certain way and you've ch- achieved a result, your body says this is the recipe for success. If you've always stuck to a meal plan and lost a lot of body fat and that's what's worked in the past, it's scary and uncertain to learn flexible dieting. And yeah. this is why there's so much resistance because our body somatically learns something and it goes Ugh! No resistance, right? Mm. You've got one tool. And in my opinion, that's dangerous. If you have Mm. one tool as a resource for nutrition and training, if you only know weightlifting, for example, and you get injured, people become derailed, Mm. right? If they need to take any time off or if the gym closes or whatever, they Mm. become derailed because they don't understand another way of moving that they Mm -hmm. can get the same feeling from. And the same with nutrition, right? Like there's a lot of different ways of eating. But if you only know one way, if you only know clean eating, you know, it's really um, restrictive, not mm. from the amount of food that you can eat, but because you've got one toolbox. Yeah. Um, if you go out for dinner, you're so uncertain, you can't control things. So it's also about understanding, like for nutrition, for example, I understand flexible dieting. I understand whole food, soul food. I understand intuitive eating. I understand different concepts and therefore I have choice. Mm. Right? And then when I go out, I am wiser in being able to make better decisions for me. And I think that's like we need to adopt that in, in all different areas, right? Mm, I was speaking with you, Danny, um, earlier about, I've, um, you know, in the process of buying a house. And I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing, (laughs) right? Like real estate is such a, um, like a foreign language for me. And it feels, it can feel quite hyper aroused, you know, going through that process. Whereas Luke's like got property, my parents, they're all calm, collected. Mm -mm. They've done it. They've got Mm. resources. They've got experience. And I'm recognising, I'm so sure people feel like this in their health and fitness journey too.
0: Oh, yeah. Firstly, congratulations, you bloody legend. That's so exciting. Um, And as I love saying after you speak, you know, really well said. Um, It is so good (laughs) to have choice. I just love it. It, That was brilliant. And not only when it comes to training nutrition, but people skills as well. Obviously, you mentioned Luke, if we're talking about property again, Luke um, and your parents, it's like it's not a second language to them. You know, they they know the game and all that. But I'm sure that they respect. Yeah. And I'm sure that they respect that it's new for you. So they're going to allow you to learn and grow and to bring it back to training. That's what we need to do as coaches as well. We can't just push our methods 100% on the client because it's quite scary to make a change so that's why it's very important just to gradually drip feed the changes to them in a way that is comfortable but also not too comfortable because at the end of the day we're here to coach them they're here to change but we can't expect to click our fingers and then do everything the complete opposite to what someone's ever known. Um, and with conversational skills as well we've all been out to dinner and someone believes this belief uh, the other person believes that belief and you know it might be against what we say and we're sitting there biting our tongue we might fight back but as you mentioned earlier we all have our own lens we all have our own bias it's important to realize and understand that as well yeah
1: Yeah, absolutely. And something we really wanted to harp on uh, about today is that you can respect certain people and still not agree with a lot of things, right? There are a lot of incredibly intelligent coaches in the fitness industry that I do things differently to. And the Mm. same with you, Danny, right? It doesn't mean that they're bad or they're wrong. Um, It just means that they have a different lens and a different perspective. And they've got a whole different toolkit to us. And that is so okay, right? Mm. I respect them what grinds my gears is when it's met with disrespect. Yeah. Right. And that really hurts me as a coach in the industry. Cause I'm like, we're all out here trying to be better ourselves and help other people. Um, and you know, it's important for other coaches to know that, but also clients, like there's no like debate or hierarchy. There's just different people and we're just all out here trying to help people as well.
0: Yes. And it's so important to realize and Back on, you know, having multiple tools in our tool belt and learning from different mentors, that's very much how you and I have been in the position that we are now. We're both very unique in what we do. And I suppose we stand out amongst other coaches and trainers and health professionals because we have spent the time going through trial and error with different people. Some have been amazing, some not so much. We learn what we love. We learn what we don't love. And you know, we, we may have a relationship with all of these people and we get along really well, but it doesn't mean you have to agree with everyone, everything that someone says as well. So no to challenge it, no to pick little bits that works for you, for your business, for your lifestyle, and then, you know, that's how you'll stand out as a coach. That's how you'll get results as a client as well. Um, learning what serves you, because mm-hmm. as we always say, everyone's life is so unique and individual that you just can't have one method that will, you know, cover all grounds. Yeah, Yep. Really well
1: said. When we, when, when I, if I ever go to a coach, right. Or a new mentor or something else, I almost like submit myself to being like really open to whatever mm-hmm. Th- that I might have something and I'm like, Oh, I wouldn't do it like that. Or I wouldn't, and I'll notice that in myself being like, oh, wow, really, you know, like a little bit triggered, but curious at the same time. Mm. And I think that's the difference. Like if you can go in, I'm like, I don't know this. Like I have a bias towards this, but I trust you, Mm. you know, and I've come to you for a reason. Mm. Then I'll be like, so I'm willing. You know and this is why you choose your coaches you choose your mentors you choose your people you choose your network um based off like just trust like i a lot of people say oh like what book or where do you go to learn this i don't necessarily think about professional learning like that i think of it about as like what people do i want to learn from yeah right and and i go to those people and i almost want to learn and trial and error for myself Mm. Um, and that's what like you know as a client as a coach we all need to be able to go through it's just that student mentality but when it comes to training um specifically that's something we want to chat about today because that's where a lot of these biases obviously are held in both um client and coach um relationships too but we wanted to talk about individual individuality uh, with training which is such an important consideration
0: yeah, yeah. Now, whether you've signed on with a coach or whether you've joined an online program, you know, they're, they're a lot different. Um, obviously, with a coach, depending on what they offer, you will get that individual service. Now, you naturally, you get the best results from that. Um, however, if if you're not at that point where you want a coach and you've um, downloaded a program or looked online and gotten a program from somewhere, we need you to realize that You have to tailor that to yourself still because a program is often cookie cutter. It's a beautiful entry point, often a lot cheaper, um, but don't take it as gospel. You know, you need to still learn to be able to change things for you and your lifestyle. And it's not the end of the world if you don't follow it to a T. Because no offense, if it's cheap, it's not for you, really. It's just for your market or your goal, but it's not actually tailored to you. So if you want to get the most out of your training, you need to know how to swap and change based on your lifestyle.
1: Absolutely. There is a huge difference between coaching and programming. And I think there's a bit of confusion in the industry as well. And sometimes People that sell programs call themselves coaches too, and that's fine. Like people can use that language, but it's important to know, are you following a program or are you being coached, right? Two very, very separate services. In my opinion, a a program is a product. You're buying Mm -hmm. something. You're going to the supermarket. You're buying it someone else come in and buy that same thing too right needed mm. to you're buying a product whereas when you're um, getting coaching it's a service like you go get your hair cut our hair's all going to look different when we come out yeah. it's a service that's customized to us right product and service now the other way you can think about it is the 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 programming can be the what like it's it's a physical what it is whereas coaching is the how right mm-hmm. both are equally important but the how you do something is just as important as what it is right like your program still. Still got to be customized and all those sorts of things to get the most best results and again like what you mentioned danny it's also about recognizing that not everyone wants coaching right some people are at a space where they just want a training program they want a product and that is so fine there's nothing Mm. wrong with that we're not saying that that's um like suboptimal or whatever it's where you are in your life and what serves you at that point but i think it's just really integral to know as you know am i having coaching or am i having programming right Mm. in the industry it's it's very different so it's important to know that
0: yeah yeah and again we always go on about uh laying the expectations out early um, if, if you're about to sign up for a program, they'll say, yep, you get this, this, this. Or if you're going to sign up with a coach, often there's a conversation that's first. So just lay the expectations um, and then neither of you will be confused or upset with the um, product or the method that you've signed up for. But again, like just remember, if, it's, if it works for someone else, it might not always work for you. Yes, a coach can have beautiful track record with many different clients and that's great. And that's what draws us to them. Um, but still just be mindful just because someone on Instagram talks the loudest and like my way's the best do this. Don't do that. Just be mindful. Um, it might not work for you, but that's the beauty of trial and error as well. Give it a go, see what you enjoy doing. And then that's how you just navigate through it. There's no one answer to everything, you know, it depends, but if someone tells you it depends, make sure they can justify why. Okay, there always has to be some sort of follow up explanation. And coaches love explaining, you know, if you come to a coach with curiosity, you know, you and I, we love educating people and sharing our our reasoning to people, because that gives them the tools that gives them the fishing rod so they can go and catch their own fish, rather than just throwing them the fish at the end. Yeah, absolutely right. I was um,
1: reading somewhere or heard something along the lines, if someone repeats a bad habit or if they're like stuck, they're constantly doing something, it means they haven't done the thinking for themselves. Mm. And when I thought about that, I was like, oh, you know, how often do we just give the answers? You know, so a, a great coach, a great mentor is going to challenge you and make you do the thinking, right? When you get asked a question, you look up because you're trying to find space in your brain, you're trying to think, mm-hmm. right? You're actually developing the answers. Mm-hmm. And when we do the thinking for ourselves, which Lucas has made me done with this house, you, <laughs> know, you can find it all on your own. I've got the answers, but I'm not going to show them to you. Oh, um, do you hate him for <laughs> it? <laughs> I want the answers, right? And this is natural, right? As mm-hmm. a client, as someone who's a bit naive or novice to something, we just want the answers, but when we learn that just getting something given to us, we actually don't learn like from, a, um, from like a neuroscience lens. We don't develop the pathways to be able to learn this habit and ingrain it. Um, mm-hmm. That thinking part, that process, that, that trial and error, that internal dialogue that we have, it actually develops the long-term answers for us. Yes. So when it comes to these sorts of processes, right, really integral and another i guess advantage of a coach right like you're you're having someone work with you to change habits and behaviors right and the way in which you do things Mm -hmm. like your movement patterns for Mm -hmm. example so it's really important there's just to understand that individuality is a really important consideration when it comes to training whether you do that with a coach or yourself yeah um it doesn't matter but it's just important to know know that difference
0: Oh, yeah, and I think we all learned that the hard way in school where you try and just learn all the answers to the test, but you wouldn't actually learn how to problem solve. I'm just thinking of in maths, like you know, at the start of high school, I would just try and rote learn everything and or memorize the answers to a multiple choice and a practice thing, get in there and you haven't actually learned. So if a whole nother equation comes up, you don't know how to solve it because you've just learned the answer. And that's very much the same as this. We need to learn how to solve the equation and what to do there um, for the longevity because we're all here to train forever, right? Mm. Not just in a period that we're with a coach or not with an eight week program that we've downloaded. We need to do this forever um Mm. so learn how to do it forever and it's so fun to have that control and power and be like yeah you know i'm quite busy on the weekend i'll shuffle my workouts around or i've got a big shift on monday i won't do legs Mm. that day it's so empowering and then you don't get derailed and you don't um you know throw as you say the baby out with the bath water you just did i use it right you did well done yes you know (laughs) you you get to have that power to take things into your own hands
1: yeah choice right so Mm. powerful it's so empowering to have choice like I I, like when I first started um, my health and fitness journey, you know, I did have anxieties in certain areas about training and nutrition and steps and cardio. I had a lot Mm. of uncertainty because you just thought have to hit 10 K.
0: Yeah. Have
1: to stick to these macro targets, you know, close enough was not good enough Mm. in certain periods. And you that's restrictive, right? That's restrictive. But when we can broaden our, our choice capacity, because we have a broader understanding, because we've had to do the problem solving and thinking and the navigation ourselves, you know, we, do have more flexibility and it does become a lifestyle you know and that's the biggest difference and I think that that mindset habit piece is just an integral part that's missing from a lot of coaching and programming, right? A lot of people Mm -hmm. go to, I guess, um, challenges and those sorts of things and that's fine. Everyone can do what they want. I've been there as well. Uh, Great entry point. But then I I feel as though you graduate from it, you know, like if you're still doing challenges after a couple of years, I question why and it's like it's fine if it's like I just enjoy it, that's fine. But if it's like because we think that that's the answer or if we're on a bit of like a negative feedback loop or whatever Mm -hmm. it might be it's just about getting curious and being like how can I do the thinking for myself potentially with someone else you know so that I can have this lifestyle and not feel like it's just this program or this or this or this it has to be that it's that choice Mm.
0: I love that and that's very much the reason why we're making this episode not to stop people from doing challenges or getting programs like if that makes you happy keep doing it. But every day you and I get people reaching out who are stuck and need help. So here we're sharing the missing puzzle pieces as to why you may get stuck or why you might feel that you've tried everything and nothing works. You know, we hear it every day. So the answers are a little bit deeper than, you know, knees out, chest up. (laughs)
1: oh yeah yeah 100% like so often so often right like even cues cues are very individualized when it comes to training one cue does not work for another person right it's Mm -hmm. really important um but I guess that moves on to our next point that if you want a different result you need to try something different Mm -hmm. and marrying that up with our first point like so often we tie our current successes to the way in which we've done things and even I've been getting a little bit curious about this with nutrition for example i'm like cool there's flexible dieting you know and to us it feels like that's all-inclusive like that's mm. the only way because it's what we've always done and we've had huge amounts of success it. Mm. and it's definitely the philosophy that aligns with me but you know I've been forced as a coach working with like a lot of different clientele to step into different ways of eating as well and learn more about them like intuitive eating foundational dieting like just habits and behaviors with um, portion sizing and all those sorts of things so I think it's really important to understand that that is the growth mindset that we need to have in other areas too, like how else can I get a good result, right, for me yeah. or for others? And I guess that's an integral part of coaching. Like integral, um, it's not what works for you as a coach is not going to work for everyone, and you need to mm. have more more things in your toolkit for to understand that as well. Um, mm. But then when it comes to you as an individual, it's also about not trying to attach a certain result to a certain way, right? It's 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 not necessarily the case, but it definitely feels like it. You yeah. know, and that's a scary place to be because if life changes if circumstances change and you don't know how to adapt and be flexible and try different ways that suit that, you know, if your priorities change and you're still doing the same thing. For example, a comp prep finishes and you're still hitting everything to the T for the next five years running,
0: mm. you know, it's a
1: red flag to me. I'm like, ooh, do we not have we not had that flexibility to be able to pull yeah. back and And, you know, do you know what I'm saying with that?
0: Oh, absolutely. It is a little bit of a red flag if someone can't let go of their processes. They're holding onto it for safety, you know. And, again, we all need to recognise that in other people and not... It's easy just as a default emotion just to get angry, isn't it? I'm frustrated at people, but you need to step back and be understanding and empathetic, still show dominance as a coach and you know you're confident but still allow them to feel heard Um, because it is so important to go through trial and error particularly as a coach as well because if we've had an injury if we tried keto if we tried all these things we know what it feels like emotionally to be trying these things and then it's more ammo for us to be able to say yeah no it actually it doesn't feel nice doing keto it it feels shit having an injury you know we need to know what those things feel like to then back ourselves with what we're passionate about and our methods as well so I'm all about trying intuitive eating or trying you know a different way of training just to see what it's like and it's fun as well and yeah it just helps us be confident in why we do our methods
1: Yeah, really good. I love that you said um, with that, you know, if it feels uncertain, it's just because you don't feel safe Mm. um, doing something else. And I just wanted to, I guess, broadly say for the coaches listening – it's your responsibility to show confidence that you know what you're doing to be able to create that psychological safety. Like, yes. And it's also okay not to have the answers. But, again, that's not really what creates the psychological safety. You need to be like, oh, you know, it's okay to say I'm not sure, but I'll figure it out um, and I've got a lens. And the reason why we say I'm not sure is because we have such a broad lens of being like, oh, there's yes. a lot of different variables, right? It takes a lot of intelligence for someone to pull back and go, I'm going to come back with the best answer. Right mm. so often we go oh this this and confidence can come across as um clarity and certainty right mm. and they know what they're doing how often do we say that someone's so confident on the screen and then you chat with them and you <laughs> ask a few questions and it's like it all falls apart because yeah. the confidence is artificial right yeah. so whenever someone says i'm not sure it depends i'll figure it out can we you know they're sort of trying to chat with you and figure out what's best for you that is just such a sign of like clarity
0: Oh, yeah. How good is it? And then to also have a team of people, you know, you've got your other coaches, I'm always referring amongst different practitioners. And I love that because we don't have to do it all and wear all the hats. The clients love feeling as though they're cared for in a way that it's not just us saying, we know everything, we're the best, you know, Mm. there's nothing more for us to learn. Like that's the biggest turnoff in people. And I love when people have an open mindset. Hey, as you said, I'm not sure I might refer you to this practitioner who will be able to see you face to face or do whatever. Mm. Um, and it's very, um, comforting for the client as well. They say, oh my God, thank you so much for putting in the effort to find out the answer for me. Yeah. Um, confidence is great, but then if it is artificial, people can read through it, but Also, not really, to be honest. I'm kind of dancing around my topics here. But you get people on social media who have so many groupies. And as I I said last time, when we were... um, writing the notes you know they could say the sky's red and people just love them so much they'd be like yeah the sky's red now and and all of that so just be mindful of the confidence because people do it so well (laughs) don't try not to fall under the love heart sunglasses that you might have on because you just love your idol so much or that person so much that you just do whatever they say like you need to take ownership and still challenge things in a playful way yeah it's a really good point I remember laughing on the inside
1: because I've been through all of this
0: I, mean,
1: I remember I remember like we call them the yes men right yeah, like yeah. I like you said you could say the grass is blue and it's like <laughs> the grass is blue and we love the yes men like we're here for it, it We, comes want, to we start, love it them. actually gives us the confidence yeah. sometimes if I'm like you know and you get that little bit of cop we need that right it's community yeah. it's connection um I remember the like, one of the first times I started to get a little bit of, like, disagreement and hate on some of my posts that I'd make. Mm. Um, not hate, but the no men, right? And, like, the more mm. you put yourself out there, the bigger that you become and, the you know, all of that, the more no men you attract because you start reaching more than yes men, right? So mm. it's important to be able to see that. And I remember I was like, oh, like, I have those young protectors show up and be like, oh, did I do something wrong? Did I say something bad? Is this incorrect? You know? Mm-hmm. And I remember Eugene saying to me, he's like, this is part of the game. Like, you know, mm. you got, you need no men. You need no men to be challenging you. You need, mm. you need this. It keeps you humble. It keeps you fresh. You know, it keeps you being a student because you can ask questions and you can stay humble, right? Because when we're always surrounded by yes men, this is a, it's like, it's like you see it in history, right? It's mm. like people have a belief and they're so strong on it. And it's everyone backs them and it starts a war, right? In an extreme sense. But if oh, we have. Yeah no men or just people challenging us in a respectful way, ideally, even in a non-respectful way, right? What triggers us teaches us. And I think it's really important to be able to adopt that. And it's what, it's how you respond to it and the mindset that you take from it and the knowledge and the lens that you build from having that. You know, it's why I'm careful when I say things because I'm like, I know I'm going to have no men yeah to come back when I say something and and that's okay so I need to be clear on the message that I'm saying and have a rationale and have purpose and also have some evidence or some um some intellectual conversation that I can have behind the screen not just say shit for the sake of saying it yeah because it's important to have that so I think it's it's healthy to understand that no men are there for a good reason
0: yeah yeah they do pop up every now and then and um I, admittedly you know if I've Put out some information and then someone challenges it like it's a bit like oh shit that doesn't feel nice but then I low-key go and find a research article or um, study that topic a little bit more and then I end up getting more skills from it because they have challenged me so it does keep us humble and wiser but I have to the classic example of yes men or like the cheerleaders (laughs) if you go onto Britney Spears's Instagram page now I love her (laughs) so so, so, so. she's gone through a tough time obviously she's not in um under that um concern servitorship anymore but she's kind of free but still posting weird ass shit like she was lying naked on the beach and and yes in her comments people still just cheer anything she does even when she's you know a little bit mentally unwell at the moment you've still got the yes queen like queen of lying on the beach naked or queen of dancing and she's clearly not with it but oh my god if you want an example of yes men or yes women Log on to Britney Spears and go in the comments because they will literally cheer her for everything. But it's detrimental because she clearly needs help or like how you end up on Australian Idol. And then they're like, well, my whole family said I can sing. And then they they sing and it's just horrible. Like Mm. you do need people challenging you in your life too. Otherwise, you'll have this false sense of, you know, what life is and it can be a bit embarrassing. Yeah, we need those people and
1: I've got a couple of them like I don't go to mum to ask like how certain things are going she told me it's great you know And if I go to, I've got a couple of people where I'll go, "Look, tell me honestly, what yep. was this like?" And to me, when I do that to those people, it's so vulnerable and uncomfortable because I know if it's shit or if it's got <laughs> room for improvement, whatever yeah. they say, yeah. um that it's it's uncomfortable and and it's like vulnerable work, but that's actually what makes us better, mm. to be honest. Like if again, if we just have everyone saying it's fantastic, we wouldn't have room for growth and we wouldn't be yep. able to see our flaws and look we're all human human error right massive thing we're all going to drop the ball in certain areas and Mm -hmm. the first thing of changing anything um whether it's a limiting belief or whatever people want to coin it as it's actually just being able to see it and sometimes like i've said oh no i can't do that i'm not capable of that why would they want me to do that i shouldn't speak here i shouldn't do that and sometimes Mm -hmm. like hey like you realize like you're just saying that of course you can do it sometimes Mm. we need a sounding board to be able to see our own limiting beliefs but then also challenge us if we're like no the only way of doing it's this and it's like why is that Mm. it's like oh why is that it's because I've always done it and I haven't tried something Mm. new you know so it's really important to have sounding boards for that reason
0: I love that and you know deep down we all want to be praised and it feels nice and it feels good to be supported but you know, people's initial reaction is often a bit of shock or, you know, protection, but then once they work through that, they'll sort of make the change. Even relationship-wise, you know, even Paul and I, we sort of give each other constructive feedback out of love and initially it's a bit like, why? Why do I have to change that? And then, you know, a few hours later, whatever, Paul's doing the thing that I sort of brought up and he goes, yeah, this is the best. Like, oh, you just think, it, it took us that long to buy a new bed. That's the classic example <laughs> as well because he he's like, there's nothing wrong with it. In my head, I could list a thousand things that was wrong with it. And then finally did it. He wasn't happy. We went into snooze. He was a bit grumbly about it. Tried the new bed, ended up getting it. Oh, my God, I wish we did it earlier. I'm like, yeah. see? (laughs) Yeah, again, you don't know what you don't know. Another classic
1: example, I'll throw Luke under the bus. Every every meal that Luke nearly eats throughout the day is something I've shown him, right? He's very Mm. like basic when it comes to eating. Um, and whenever I've tried to expose him to new stuff, he's like, nah, very resistant. You know, he's a he's a palmer and chips man, right? Yeah. But, but every time I'd like be like, look, try protein notes. I'll make some protein pancakes. You know, you can have this and, you know, yeah. and have both goals together. You're like, this is great. You won't even notice it's protein in it, right? Oh, or like Steve. different sorts of things, the air fryer. Like all Yeah. The
0: and
1: I watch his habits now and I'm like, from breakfast to dinner, right? But
0: would you I plan to- the scene and kind of sit back and watch a little bit. But apparently I didn't right? You you don't really admit it. We can't be too proud about it. You kind of have to just plant the seed and quietly laugh to yourself and say, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Maybe
1: they're doing that to us though. Oh, Oh, I have no doubt. I have absolutely no doubt. (laughs) But this is the thing. I was actually listening to a um, sociology lecture on role modelling. I was really curious about role modelling, right? Mm. Like sometimes you might notice that you say certain things or you do certain things and you see that language show up in other people. And I was getting curious about what makes that happen, right? And it's really interesting because role modelling is like one of the most um, like beneficial, like from an evolutionary human standpoint of how we Learn mm. um, expectations and behaviors in others. It's actually called a collective identity. So, okay. when you do something and other people role model it, you have a collective identity. It's your mm, philosophy, mm. it's your methods, it's your vision. You know, it's what your brand stands for. It's all those sorts of things. It's like when you, um, you know, when you say wear the shorts, for example, yeah, like, wear yeah, the yeah, shorts, right? mm. collective identity. Mm. I was getting really curious about that. And I think it's important for coaches to understand as well like the way that we role Model a growth mindset, the way that we role model um, a student mindset, or being a leader, or training in the gym, or, or navigating challenges and having flexibility and multiple tools, and learning from other mentors and coaches having coaches. Like role modeling this sort of stuff paints the pictures and sets expectations of the industry. And yeah. if I can look back and see, okay, what's the old expectations? you know, very like fixed ways and like, you know, coaches know it all and certain things like, and that's slowly like phasing out. Still, there's room f- for improvement, but it's it's slowly phasing out. And I just think it's the new, um, I want to say the newer coaches that are sort of coming in and being able to push some of them. Yeah. Old practices too
0: yeah yeah that's awesome that lecture sounds fantastic and you definitely notice that or even team tripod that you sort of got, got people got around it like and you notice that amongst friend groups as well someone might just start a new term yeah um then everyone just starts talking like that i noticed that in a transition from melbourne to sydney the language is mm. so different and then i go back home now when i visit and i'm saying sydney terms and my family like what the hell are you talking about i don't understand what you're saying like oh yeah that's such a sydney thing but it just becomes natural because you hear it all the time you say it and it's um, subconscious yeah it's subconscious Subconscious. yeah really cool really interesting
1: right really interesting to figure Mm. out how we all tick um and so applicable as well but i I guess the last point that we wanted to harp on and something that we're both being through personally danny is just this journey of learning from training hard in the gym to learning how to train smarter you know Mm. and get less out of more sorry more out of less um, to make it sustainable for the long term because so often there's still this like toxic hustle culture when it comes to training and just grinding and everything's gonna be Mm. really difficult and hard and it doesn't have to be that way in fact it shouldn't like don't get Mm. me wrong there's going to be periods of push and pull um, but it shouldn't be forever and you know, something, a really good example is I was chatting to one of my clients the other day who's um competing in like the next six weeks for the WBFF show. Six quick. weeks
0: already. I wow. know, hasn't well, it gone quick? Mm. Um
1: but she was saying to me, like, she looks incredible. She's basically stage lean already, to be honest. Yeah, brilliant. And she's saying, Oh, you know, I'm just I feel um, I feel as though like I haven't be worked as hard as I should. And I was sort of getting curious about where that comes mm. from, right? Because what we see. On Instagram and social media, it's people grinding and yeah. so, and I'm like, no. If you do a prep the smart way, like we get ready early, you know, you yeah, have plenty of food to play with. It doesn't have to be, but it's the it's the mentality of yes, we want to feel like we're working hard, um, but working hard and just grinding—they're two separate things, in my opinion.
0: Oh, yeah, and we do expect that we need to have veins popping out of our head and, and you know, every time we're training or we always have to be busy, I can't sit down and need to be getting extra steps or things like that. But over the course of our preps, Shirelle, I know that, yeah, it's still been very hard, but the more seasoned we've become with um, endeavouring in a comp prep, it's become easier, to be honest. Like, it's still very hard, but because we've known how to prioritise things, get ready early, as you said, we haven't really... Had to kill ourselves in the process. And Mm. to be ready early, it kind of does feel like that. You're like Like you're cheating. It's like like I'm cheating. And I'm just wait till the last two weeks and then it comes, the feeling comes back. But enjoy that. Yeah, exactly. Enjoy that kind of feeling of being ready and reward yourself because you're still ticking all the boxes, but now you're prioritizing Mm. rest. Yeah. Okay. Because you don't have that panic. And then if you're panicking to get ready for that date cortisol is going to be up, you're going to have to work even harder and then it's a vicious cycle, you won't be sleeping as much because you're stressed about the thing it's okay. Be ready early. Mm -hmm. Hustling. You can hustle in a smart way. And I feel like even from a working perspective, people that I truly admire now are not the ones grinding 24 seven, like they used to be. They're the ones who are able to travel, able to, you know, have choice in their life, spend time with loved ones, do all Mm. the things that really make a complete lifestyle while fulfilling their passion and working you know doing what they love as well so it's been really interesting to notice that transition as well like and who we aspire to be like um I feel like aiming for a well-rounded lifestyle is is good because we've been there before where all we've done is work but there are missing puzzle pieces that will always be there if that's what our life is
1: yeah, really well said. You know, something, it's definitely something I've had a little bit of a um, mindset shift with the last 12 months of like what wealth means to me.
0: Yeah. You know, and what
1: success means to me. Um, and to be fully transparent, I'm not financially motivated for much, to be honest, like money's not something that really gets me going. Um, for some people it is right. And like you said, for me, it's like having time, it's having flexibility, it's being able to live the life I want, it's being able to do this. Mm. You know, it's it's being able to not always feel like I'm running a rat race and feel busy all the time because that's not enjoyable. And that's mm. not why we go into business and that, that's not why we do what we do. So you know, it's important to be able to sit down and, again, you can know this and it might sound like common sense. Like, of of course we all want that, but our actions can sometimes say the opposite. You know, we Mm. aspire to be the person who stays shredded all year round. Mm. Yes, we don't actually see behind the scenes that maybe they don't go out, they don't socialise, they're struggling, they can't find a partner. You know, they have all these other aspects to me which are really important to
0: live a wealthy, fulfilled life. So, Yeah. I don't know how we got here. I don't know, but it's great. Can we keep going for just a little bit? Cause I kind (laughs) of like it. Um, Can we just talk about the money goal things? I think it's kind of cool what we're talking about. Um, Because a lot of people set financial goals based on a number that sounds really good. And I feel like we've Mm -hmm. mentioned this once, but I want to bring it up again. They say, I want to earn a million dollars. You know, it's normally a nice round number that sounds really good, a six figure business, whatever. But they don't actually put themselves in the shoes of what it would take to earn that money. So they're trying to chase a number when it's actually impossible with their current lifestyle. So rather than just having a goal on a number that looks good, have a goal on a lifestyle, have a goal on, on your, your product or what your, the service you're bringing out and investing Mm. in yourself because the money comes secondary. The more, and to bring it, let's just bring it back to what our episode's about. If you are open-minded and don't have a bias, you'll be able Mm. to put more time into developing your skills, finding your niche, being passionate and happy about it. You'll be able to charge more. You'll get more clients um, and therefore, secondary, you will get the income. So rather than having a financial goal that sounds good, have a lifestyle goal mm-hmm. and a, a goal on who you want to be and the service you want to give and work on that. The money will come.
1: Yeah, absolutely. A lot of people focus on how they want their lifestyle to look to others, right? And Such that a, too, yeah. yeah.
0: Rather than how they want
1: it to feel for themselves, mm. right? And I think something as well, like, we're so, like, Australia's the worst for tall poppy syndrome, right? And Mm. the other thing that we're really bad at, I feel, is just um, reflecting on our wins, Mm -hmm. you know. And I, I don't know what it is. I don't want to be sexist, but I feel like, Women in general, we have a hard time of naming things we're proud of or like wearing our successes. You think about school. It's like your yeah. hair looks good today. It's like, "Oh, thanks." It's like you think you do, don't you? You know what? It's oh, like like in main yeah. girls. Yeah. yeah. It's like, "Oh my god, you look skinny. Thanks. Have you lost weight?" You know, it's yeah, there is always ex- a follow-up. We are so mm. good at deflecting compliments. I sometimes I catch myself doing it. Yeah. It's like your skin looks great. I've makeup on. You know, like Yeah, we're so you're good right. At doing it. And I think as well, if we do not accept compliments, if we do not recognize our own wins, if we do not reflect on how far we've come, we rob ourselves of success, yeah. right? And it's success and wins in general. It feels it's relative. Whether you're on a fat loss journey, for example, and you lose half a kilo, um, if you don't celebrate losing half a kilo and you've got 10 more to go, right? You'll never feel like you're going to get there. You're always mm. going to feel like you're catching up. Whereas if you go, my goal is just to, you know, serve the clients I've got, or my goal is to have a growth weight rate of one month right but if you're so focused on filling out your books or whatever that might be or a financial target you know you're just looking too far ahead and Mm -hmm. I think it's really important to be able to make sure that you are accepting compliments like recognizing how far you've come and celebrating your small wins along the way so you can actually work towards the goal which is wealth if, if for what it looks like to you you know mm. i think it's really important
0: yeah and then from a coach's point of view it's important to celebrate your clients small wins like they did their first squat with good technique yeah. or something even though you've done a million and one squats with good technique like remember mm. that it's still new for them or even with that i'll just bring it back to the house your house situation because i'm so damn excited for you but imagine if your parents or I don't know what it's like. Or if someone, they owned 100 houses. I'm yeah. just going to throw big numbers out there to make it really exaggerated. And then a friend of theirs bought one house. And in their head, they're like, oh, that's easy. I've got 100 houses already. Like, don't be that person. Mm-hmm. Recognize that something's new for someone because then that person is going to feel like shit. They're not going to celebrate their first ever house, you know, mm-hmm. and then they're, you're always going to be chasing so yeah I just took that away from your scenario because it turned into a bit of a morbid story but Mm. um yeah don't be the person to take away other people's light as well just because you've done it like remember Mm. it's new to them and that's awesome Mm.
1: yeah absolutely and I think sometimes if you do notice yourself like wow they're celebrating that it's a good mirror to be like I miss that yes I missed celebrating that I missed that milestone for myself because I couldn't even see that that was success Mm. you know and to someone else when they're like oh my god I did this and you're Mm. like. I think it is a good mirror. And you know where you see this a lot? Social media mm-hmm. with people talking about their following. I just want to get 10K. Mm. What happens when you get there? You're just going to want 20.
0: And then yeah, that's 30. true. You know what I
1: mean? Like it's it's really important to not get fixated on just numbers and just shit that doesn't even matter to be honest, like when you come back to actually what matters and what do I define success as and what is wealth and life, like what do I want things to look like and feel like Mm. in 10, 20, 30 years, Mm. they're the metrics, right? So often we're measuring our success or what we're doing based off metrics that are just not even relevant anymore. You know, our priorities have changed and we're still tying and attaching ourselves to certain
0: Mm. things. I think as we've gotten older as well and with the world events that have all been happening over the past three years, it seems mm. there's one thing after another, you know, um, our needs have changed and I think safety and connection have now, well, for me personally, you know, they're more of a priority, just 100%. being able to actually live life and feel like we're healthy yep. and safe and all mm. of that, like, yeah. And, and it's probably tied into the fact that I am a little bit more flexible in my lifestyle to be able to enjoy those things. Yeah, but Rather than
1: just running the rat race. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, that's right. Because, okay, we yes, there's a limit on how much money we can make if we spend more time, you know, not working. Mm-hmm. But like, hey, balance it out for yourself.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And um, if you think about it, like, seriously if someone gave me a million dollars right now I don't know if my lifestyle would change like my job wouldn't change I would still do exactly what I'm doing that's cool and that's what you should be thinking about like Mm. yeah maybe I would have like I don't know a nicer backdrop (laughs) that's great I would still be doing everything (laughs) that's great not burning at least at least it's not a buyer that's right (laughs) that's that's what we should be doing you know and I, I honestly would not have said that or felt that a couple of years ago you know so if we can start thinking about okay how can I get to a place where if someone come along and I won the lotto right my life wouldn't change my Mm. my, you know the people around me wouldn't change like my location wouldn't change like really think about that and that's how you can start working towards the life
0: that you want that's so good and it all stems from having a growth mindset let's bring it back (laughs) back. I love that Bring yeah. it back, baby. So growth nah. mindset because everyone wants to live the dream and live their life and be flexible mm-hmm. and have money and do all the fun things, but then everyone's closed-minded, so it's not going to happen. Open yeah, mind. Yeah. Living with
1: abundance, right? So often yeah. if you're focused on the wrong things or like one way of doing thing, things, right, you feel like it's a scarcity mindset. This mm. one coach has all the answers, this one method, this one principle, this one thing, this one certain financial target. You know, we have this scarcity mindset. Whereas, when we can step back, like you said, create space, um, Mm -hmm. not jam pack our calendar um, and do all the things, that's how we can actually have the flexibility to to start thinking like this. Yeah. this does not come from being busy all of the time, right? No. Like we need the space. I was having a, a laugh um, the other day because one of the things that we asked for in a check-in is just a screenshot of like weekly um, averages of macros. And I was like, yep. you know what, we should start asking um, some of the high achievers. is just a, a screenshot of their calendar. Amazing. Like, show like, me that white space. Yeah, show me the white space. Yeah. That is that is so important, mm-hmm. right? And something I feel yep. like we're probably both lent into a lot more over the last 12 months.
0: Oh yeah. You've seen my transition as well. It's been bloody crazy, but you know, you have to earn that as well. We have to go through a period where, yeah, we're hustling and going from job to job and patient to patient and all that. But yep. you know, there is light at the end of the tunnel. If yep. you play your cards right and give yourself, you set just your the, milestones right too. set your milestones, right. Give yourself the white space. Cause that's when the magic happens. And mm. if you, you know, decide to have a day off, Okay. Worst case, you've just relaxed and rested and you've got your mind ready for the next Mm -hmm. day. But like, that's where the conversations happen. That's where you come up with a creative idea. That's where you launch a new product. You know, that's where it happens in the Mm -hmm. space where you haven't scheduled anything in. Yeah, in saying that, a lot of people have the sense
1: of slowing down is going backwards, right? And this is oh, actually yeah. directly related to training too. Like, how often do we have to regress? And people thinking that's actually going backward. Mm. I stopped. I stopped using that word regress and deload and those sorts of things because people just have this connotation that it is like a negative thing. And I'm like, no. yeah They're like we can't just forever have a linear um, direction upwards no. in all these areas. So why would we think we can carry that into our training? You know, we're not going to add weight mm-hmm. to the bar every week and again. It comes back to, are you just defining success by being able to lift a heavier load? Because if so, it's the wrong metric again, yeah. wrong metric, wrong definition of success. So mm. we can take this into our training, you know, understanding what we're actually working towards.
0: Yeah, yeah. So train smart and hard as well. Um, and then, you know, if you have times in the year where you want to be more flexible, you know, over summer or if your birthday is somewhere or if you want to go on a holiday with your kids, you know, you can use that as a quote unquote indirect deload, mm-hmm. pull back a little bit on the training, enjoy life, and then come back and hit it full steam ahead. So I love cycling my training. And yeah. I know you do too, based on your lifestyle and things that are coming up as well. So yeah. you do go up and down with the intensity or not the intensity, but with the amount of training that you're doing, you can still train very, very, very hard in the sessions that you've, you know, been planned, but there mm-hmm. might not be as many, but Hey, yeah you got to see your kid's graduation or you got to do, I don't know, I just pulled that out of some American movie. The parents always miss the graduation. So you yeah. get to go to that um, and enjoy other areas of life too. Yeah, really important, really important.
1: There's so much more to fitness than what you do in the gym. And I think it's integral to understand that, you know, we need to practice that in lifestyle. We need this to yeah. feel abundant, not restrictive in general.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um- but- should we bring it back to the last point? I suppose we want to talk about, well, as we kind of did training intensity. Okay. You can't expect to have, you know, three or four days a week, but then you rock up and just go through the motions and then blame the program for not working. Like why, when you're there, still give it your all to yeah. your best capability. As mm-hmm. I said, you, your eyes don't need to pop out of your head and you don't need to get a migraine after I've had sessions like that. It's crazy. Um, you know, still prioritize your form technique and and where you're at um, in that that session but push hard 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 yes. hard
1: yeah there's also a lot of research that actually shows you know you don't need to go to complete technique muscular failure um to be able to get like a hypertrophy stimulus or response or strength gains right like mm. that sort of like three to four rep range like in the tank um leaving a couple of reps in the tank is sufficient right and safe enough too so it's about also redefining what hard training is yeah like i think it's more impressive for someone to be consistent 12 months of the year whatever that looks like then just going all in for a challenge and then having three weeks off and then Mm. you know doing that because again that's not what leads to success and all you need to do is look at people that are like you know that have a good amount of muscle mass that have a great lifestyle that that are happy you know and Mm -hmm. and they have a lot of balance too and you just need to look at what they're doing you know and 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 how they're practicing things too and usually it is from a place of like balance that yin yang you know i go hard but then when i'm not going hard i'm not letting go of everything like i've just shifted gears i'm just changing focus and you know maybe i'm going through a bit more of a remedial training phase or i'm pulling back or i'm deloading like whatever Mm -hmm. that looks like but consistency is also that key too
0: you're spot on. A lot of people go so hard just because they mm-hmm. think that that's what they have to They They check out mentally because they can't be bothered anymore yeah. or they get injured just because they push too many reps too hard and, you know, that was the end. So as you said, being consistent across 12 months when you need to, pulling, pushing, mm-hmm. living the lifestyle, that's a true win for us, yeah. hey.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. In saying that, I feel like that wraps up um, a really good episode and thanks everyone for staying with that, uh, you know, going through a little bit of a life lesson Angie's. with Sherelle and Danny.
0: How good. I love it.
1: <laughs> 20s, I feel like we're, we're, we're all the much wiser, um, but yeah, we really do hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, as always, please do take a screenshot uh, and tag the Level Up podcast on Instagram. Thanks everyone.